Hi everyone, welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film, always counting down to next year's Oscars. I'm Nick Rookrout. And I'm Sophia Simonello. And while we are 272 days away from next year's Oscars, <laughs> today we are bringing you some very, very early Oscar predictions in six of the biggest categories. So picture, director, actor, actress, supporting actor, and supporting actress. We promise we will not be talking about next year's Oscars for 272 days. <laughs> we will have some other stuff in there. Do not worry about that. But another season is upon us, I guess. Um, I like doing this at this point in the year with you because I feel like we are far enough away from last season where we can sort of start to think about it. But it's also still fun because no one knows anything yet. And I said this on the same episode last June that we had, but if anyone tries to tell you that they know something, they are mistaken. No one knows anything yet. Most of the movies we will talk about do not even have release dates. They don't have trailers. They don't have festivals scheduled. So Mm -hmm. it's all up in the air, which makes it more fun, I think, to do at this point. It's all just guessing. Yeah, exactly. And like last year, there are probably some that are going to get moved again. Mm-hmm. Like, who knows? So that is the fun of it all. Looking back at last year's episode, I had like maybe 10 to 20% right. Like, it wasn't <laughs> much at all. Right. And today when we go through our nominations, we'll compare who we have and then we'll each share who we're most confident in in the category. And last year, I went on this like diatribe about Jared Leto and House of Gucci and how <laughs> I thought he was going to get in and... That wasn't far off, but, you know, wasn't right either. So sometimes we can be happy with our mistakes that we make in predicting early on when we actually get the results (laughs) come Oscar nominations. Yeah, I am not taking this too seriously. Mm -mm. We have a lot of the big players, and again, some of them may disappear. But I think even looking at those, it's exciting. We have at least some of the calendar for fall and winter and that's when most of the award players come out so we're still waiting on venice i think that is coming soon and some releases there were kind of rumored which is exciting but again nothing's final so here we go let's um have some fun (laughs) (laughs) so let's start with supporting actor my predicted nominees are jesse plemons for killers of the flower moon Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, Ben Wishaw for Women Talking, Paul Dano for The Fablemans, and Don Cheadle for White Noise. What differences do you have? I have two differences. One, I put in John David Washington for Amsterdam and Willem Dafoe for Poor Things. I was kind of between a few in that fifth spot and by fifth spot these are not ranked at all i did not Mm -mm. alphabetize i don't even i just threw them in my order made no sense i was just like reading (laughs) not alphabetized (laughs) nothing (laughs) but with willem dafoe i put him in last year for the card counter of all movies so i'm like why not you know this is a lanthimos film with emma stone again why the hell not just he always gives us weird from The Lighthouse to The Northman, so I'm ready. Yeah. I mean, I I like that pick for the fifth spot, for like the fun spot. For my last spot, I think, 
I have Don Cheadle for White Noise. I really do not know what to make of this movie at all. I can 100% see it being a flop or just a critics thing, but I know Don Cheadle is playing a character. His name is Murray, and he's sort of the guide for Adam Driver's character, who's the main character, the protagonist in the story. So I think he's overdue for a nomination. He's someone that is really well-respected in the field, and I'm hoping that this movie is good and that he can come through because that character is a really important part of the story and a really fascinating one to dissect. Mm -hmm. But he's not my number one. Who are you most confident in if you had to pick one? Part of me wants to say Jesse Plemons just because... Yeah. But after last year, I'm like, oh, is it that easy of a shoe-in two years in a row? I don't know. This movie, mm-hmm. yes. So I'm going to go with De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon. Probably with Paul Dano in second. But that movie is a total mystery, even though it's Spielberg. Right. Yeah. So The Fablemans, I guess the background that we know for that one is that it is one of these autobiographical dramas that we get from directors, which we've talked about frequently on this show as being sort of a pathway to Oscar success sometimes for these directors. So Paul Dano is playing Steven Spielberg's dad in the movie. So that could be something that works to his advantage. It didn't work for Jamie Dornan for Belfast, (laughs) but I feel like Paul Dano has a stronger overdue narrative than Jamie Dornan does. He some people think was snubbed for There Will Be Blood. He also was very present this year as Riddler in The Mm -hmm. Batman. So I can definitely see that as well. But my number one is also Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm just going again with what I know here, which is very limited. I'm also like you, not taking this very seriously. But I did read Killers of the Flower Moon, and Robert De Niro is a horrible person in this book. Oh, God. He's playing, it's going to be like a very dark villain role for him. Mm. And I feel like, you know, he didn't get nominated for The Irishman, even though he was a lead. But I sort of feel like, you know, maybe the Academy will think like, oh, we didn't recognize him for this. Maybe we should recognize him this year um, for this part. And I do feel like villains sometimes, that works better for you when we're, you're in supporting, right? We see We saw it work for Javier Bardem and No Country for Old Men, so... I can see him getting in here. I also want to say really quickly for anyone doubting Ben Wishaw, because I'm sure people are, he's not, you know, a staple when we're talking about the Oscars or any kind of like film awards. I'm putting him in here because I just started reading Women Talking and he is playing sort of a narrator or the character that the women are all recounting their stories to. So I feel like if you are the one man in an ensemble of women, that could benefit you come award season. Hmm. My question for you, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, Uh but you don't have Amsterdam, a.k.a. Canterbury Glass, anywhere on your list. Explain this. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm being really stubborn, and I'm at the point in the season where sometimes I feel like awards predictions are self-fulfilling prophecies, and I do not want to give David O. Russell any attention when I do not have to. I am perfectly aware that American Hustle and Silver Linings Playbook, his movies do really well with the Academy. 
but I'm going to avoid Amsterdam until I absolutely have to talk about it because right now we're just having fun. And David O. Russell's not fun for me. So I do not have Taylor Swift in my supporting actress list. I don't have Margot Robbie. I don't have Christian Bale. That is correct. I'm prepared to be wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's but kind yet. of where I am no. right now. I just okay. don't know. The, the costumes look different. I heard the tone is sort of his usual style. So, I mean, that could be promising, I guess, for awards. But, yeah, I'm avoiding it for now. <laughs> just curious. Not faulting. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you. And some others that came up when we were researching these from The Fablemans, we also have Seth Rogen, who could show up. Then some other movies we haven't mentioned yet. Brad Pitt from Babylon. I think Babylon will be a big player. We'll get there. Empire of Light with Colin Firth. Another big one. I'm not feeling Tom Hanks and Elvis. But you never know. Yeah, I'm not either. Um, And his performance has been panned. But that's never stopped the Academy before. But I'm also just not really sure what to make Uh, of that movie yet. It's not looking like a top to bottom contender for me. And then another one, only because he's won before, is Mark Rylance. He's in the new Luca Guadagnino film, Bones and All, also starring Timothy Chalamet. Mark could be a player, kind of like Paul is this year, because he's also playing Satan in Terrence Malick's new film, The Way of the Wind. He is? How Mm -hmm. did I not know about this movie? (laughs) I didn't know this was happening until very recently. I'm excited for that. But yeah, Malik doing the Bible. I mean, that's his bag. Right. Yeah. So I'm very interested in that. And I think Mark mm-hmm. could, yeah, have a few very different performances this year that could play in his favor. Bones and all, I think I'm just waiting for that one to see if it's more of a genre film or if it is more Academy friendly, like Call Me By Your Name um, versus like Suspiria, for instance, mm-hmm. of where I'm going to put that one. But I am excited for it. I do like his movies a lot. And we also need to talk about Kehoi Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. He, I think, has been appearing on a lot of people's lists. The reason he's not in my five, I think A24 has a massive slate this year. And when they have a lot of films on the list, I don't exactly trust them to pick one to run. I think for this to happen, we need the movie to be re-released. So it needs to go back into theaters I think that it needs a screening at a festival like Telluride or TIFF. It did premiere at South by Southwest. And I also think that if any performance from this movie gets in, I can see it being one, probably not two. And it has to be pushed by critics all season long. I think that's the Mm -hmm. bottom line. And I just don't know if they're going to do that because it's early. Yeah. And looking back at last year, I had quite a bit of the humans on my list or at least Richard Jenkins and I remember at this point so many outlets were also predicting him to at least be nominated but also to win and that just didn't happen and I think that is a 24's fault the other thing you mentioned re-release I also found some interesting ones happening this year one avatar because avatar 2 obviously Mm -hmm. and that's coming out September 23rd but also Spider-Man No Way Home, the more fun stuff version, will be out September 2nd. Well, that supports your Willem Dafoe nomination. (laughs) Oh my god, it really does. (laughs) Wait, this is called the more fun stuff version? 
Oh my god, just sure ship is. me away. Like I I <laughs> I can't be here anymore. Yeah, so that one got me. <laughs> I would love to see him. I know there are so many A24 movies coming out, some we won't even talk about today, but bringing back a March release film from the literally a year prior is going to be very difficult. Again, I'm not against it. I would love to see it, so we'll just have to wait and see how maybe if it shows up at critics or with certain circles. Never say never. Yeah. Okay, getting into supporting actress now. My five predicted nominees are... Rooney Mara from Women Talking, Hong Chao from The Whale, Vanessa Kirby from The Sun, Lily Gladstone from Killers of the Flower Moon, and Michelle Williams from The Fablemans. Okay. Differences that I have, instead of Rooney Mara for Women Talking, I have Jessie Buckley for Women Talking. I think just coming off of her nomination from The Lost Daughter, I could see her maybe getting a back-to-back. And the other one I have, instead of Hong Chao for The Whale, I have Whoopi Goldberg for Till. She's playing Emmett Till's aunt. So I could definitely see a narrative where, you know, she's an EGOT winner. She comes back into the conversation um, for her performance Mm -hmm. in this movie. And with Vanessa Kirby, this film, The Sign, is Florian Zeller's follow-up. It's not a sequel. It's not related in any way to The Father, but... That is where we got Anthony Hopkins' win and Olivia Coleman's nomination. So I think with Vanessa Kirby in supporting, also Laura Dern is here. And then I know I'll be mentioning a lead actor later, but it's a strong leading for ensemble. And I could see this doing well again with Academy members and critics. I agree. I think it's definitely the strongest sequel that I'm anticipating to pop into the awards conversation. Sorry, not Top Gun Maverick. No matter how much I love it, I don't think it's popping up in big categories. And I don't think Avatar 2 is going to get any acting nominations. Maybe Kate Winslet could surprise. (laughs) I want to talk to you about Hong Chao for The Whale. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Because I know you're, you're a much bigger Darren Aronofsky fan than I am. How do you feel about this movie? Are you excited? Are you scared? I think I'm all the things. This is so bizarre. I'm ready for it. There's a big one coming later that I had to throw in just because he's the comeback kid this year. But she's also been around quite a bit recently. She was in Driveways a few years ago, which I really liked. And then mm-hmm. also Watchmen a few years ago. But then this year, she also has The Menu coming out. And I know that trailer is out. It has a pretty late release this year, but I really don't see that getting anywhere with the subject matter. Like, it's a horror thriller film. There's just no way, Mm -hmm. despite the cast. But I do love when she appears in things. And again, know nothing about this movie, but I'm looking forward to her performance. (laughs) Yeah, I'm scared. We will see what ends up happening with this one. Who is your person who you're most confident in? I would say Lily Gladstone, but I should be asking you about her role in that book. Yeah. So this one, I'm also very confident about. I think it depends where they run her. I haven't read enough about where they're running people for this, besides that they're putting Leo in lead and 
Jesse Plemons in supporting and De Niro in supporting, of course. If she's in lead, it's a steeper hill to climb for sure. Mm-hmm. But I I think her role is definitely strong enough to get a nomination and maybe even a win. It just depends how they receive the movie. And, you know, this year with Apple, like, they are coming off of a Best Picture win, but I feel like they almost kind of, like, lucked into that one um, at the end. So I don't know what they're going to do when they have, like, a big contender from the beginning. So I'm curious what will happen with all that. But Mm -hmm. And I I don't know, I guess, too, like, how the script is going to be adapted and those sorts of things. But I do know Eric Roth is attached to it, and he is also a major staple in the screenplay categories. So, yeah, I, I see her getting in as well. Who's yours? Mine is Michelle Williams for The Fablemans. She has five nominations, and she's playing Steven Spielberg's mom. So I just feel like that can really work in her favor this year. She also is in Showing Up, the new Kelly Reichert movie, which I'm sure the Academy will stay far away from, and (laughs) I will love, (laughs) because that's the way these things go. But yeah, this, this feels sort of like an Oscar type of role for her but again this is an original script so i don't i don't know that much about steven spielberg's life and what he's going to choose to show but i can imagine he'll be kind to his mother Mm -hmm. yeah i wonder what parts of ohio he'll show oh my god yeah the only other one i had here was zoe kazan from she said we also have one of my favorites patricia clarkson who's in she said this movie to me could be the next spotlight with it being about the reporters who launched the Me Too movement, and with Zoe Kazan, Carrie Mulligan, Patricia Clarkson, like you said, behind it, the director, also Maria Schrader, she made I'm Your Man last year, which was Germany's entry into the international category. And then also she directed Unorthodox, the miniseries on Netflix. And I felt like that was a very profound piece of material. So I feel like this could really hit home, especially to the Academy and in Hollywood. Oh, I agree. I'm very curious to see this. And it definitely feels like the type of story that Hollywood could embrace. Um, And we also do know that they sometimes like to attach themselves to issues movies. This has been something that's persisted for decades. So if this movie is strong, honestly, even if it isn't, I can see them going for it. I mean, they went for Bombshell and they went for Spotlight to varying degrees. But I think we can almost bank on it getting something. I'm just curious where the placement of the actresses, like what that will look like. Because Carrie Mulligan and Zoe Kazan very much should be co-leads. So I'm going to just keep talking about them that way until I see the movie and I hear otherwise. But... Mm. I feel like, yeah, that that one has a lot of potential, for sure. And again, with women talking, I think we have to figure out where Frances McDormand is going to go. <laughs> Absolutely. She could very much show up again. Mm-hmm. The other one I'm just curious about is Jean Smart for Babylon, like what the size of her role will be. If she has anything to do, I could see the industry embracing her. If it's smaller though, if we're looking at like a Bradley Cooper and licorice pizza type of situation, maybe not. Potentially straight off another Emmy win. Mm-hmm. That could really help her, yeah. Okay, time for best actor. My predicted nominees are Leonardo DiCaprio for Killers of the Flower Moon, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, 
Adam Driver for White Noise, Daniel Jimenez Cacho for Bardo, and Brendan Fraser for The Whale. So we're three for five here. Instead of Adam Driver, who I was very close to putting in, I have Hugh Jackman for The Sun, and then I'm going out on a limb here. I think this is the horse I'm sticking behind all season. This will be Song Hang-Ho for Broker. Somebody I'm rooting for. We're rooting for those international players to get in. And this is definitely the one I want to happen. I respect that. I hope he gets in too. I guess my, the switch here again, like I put Adam Driver in just because it would be his third. I know he didn't this past year with the Ridley movies, but those were the way that they were. (laughs) (laughs) He did get his last one for a Bombach film. So maybe it'll be this one. He also has like a really bad hairline in this movie and is wearing a fat suit and the academy loves when you transform so Mm -hmm. i'm counting on that maybe in the same way that i'm thinking of brendan fraser for the whale (laughs) 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 playing a 600 pound man yes yeah i'm sure the commentary on that will be horrifying and Mm -hmm. don't um, i might have to mute that on twitter when the time comes I'm going to say a little bit about why I have Daniel Jimenez Cacho here for Bardo. You know, and I think a good amount of listeners know, that I am not a fan of Inuritu movies, typically. But if we look at 21 Grams, Beautiful, Babel, Birdman, and The Revenant, so his last five films, at least one actor has been nominated. And I know that stats are broken and stats are stupid, a majority of the time but here like I just I can see it happening because I do think this movie is going to be Netflix's big player mm-hmm. I know people are mentioning Rustin and White Noise and all these other movies Netflix has coming but I think it's going to be Bardo yeah and with Inyari 2 he's always revered and always has nominations acting directing picture anything so it's definitely going to show up and the story behind it sounded somewhat intriguing. Has Daniel been in other big movies or nominated movies or movies by Inyari 2? His most recent movie that I think you would know was Zama from 2017. Did you see that? No, but it's a it was Lucretia Martel movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked it. It was very good. So if you haven't seen that, I highly suggest watching it. But he hasn't, yeah, he hasn't really been around in the Oscar conversation because he mostly does Spanish language films. But this is another example of like a performer, I'm going out on a limb in a way for a performer mm-hmm. not giving English language speaking role. So we'll see. Wow, he was in Memoria. Oh. Interesting. Oh. I might go see that again. <laughs> it's coming to Lincoln is it Center coming? this weekend, oh, wow. yeah. And who do you think is most likely to get in from your five? I picked Leo. I feel like I'm pushing all my chips in for Killers of the Flower Moon. So I hope that it actually comes out and is the strong movie that I hope it will be. I have faith in Scorsese and Thelma Schoonmaker, of course. But again, the source material just feels like something Scorsese can really tackle well so i'm excited to see what he does with this like crime drama i really like him when Mm -hmm. he does that and i feel like leo like them pushing him in lead he does tend to get nominations if the movies are good like he didn't of course for don't look up 
but that movie was bad. So if this movie is good, I think he can get in. <laughs> he is really well respected. Yeah, and even with Wolf of Wall Street, that had five nominations. So I was also actually going to pick Leo, but I'm going to go more of my hope-dicting route now and say Coleman Domingo for Rustin. He was somewhat in the conversation last season for Zola for his supporting performance, but being a lead here, and especially as a gay civil rights activist playing Bayard Rustin, he was friends with MLK Jr., this could be like a very transformative, heavy, moving performance. And then the movie is also directed by George C. Wolf, who was behind Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. You remember those nominations. And then it's written by Dustin Lance Black, who won for Milk. So lots of big people behind this movie. And I'm maybe fairly confident, but like very hopeful. I mean, I think that's a good pick. He's my number two. All of those things that you just said, it's like check, 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 check. Like that gets you your Oscar nomination. And Mm -hmm. Coleman Domingo does feel like the sort of person that it's time for to get that first nomination. So yeah, I can absolutely see this happening. And also a Netflix movie and they can push those performances in. So even if he doesn't win nomination, I can totally see coming his way. Yeah. And I guess out of my five, this is the only Netflix movie. So definitely a big push yeah some other people too so yes you're right i don't have amsterdam on my list but christian bale could absolutely happen the academy does tend to like him diego calva for babylon he's the lead of the movie so if they do embrace babylon i can see them going this way he's just an unknown which is why i didn't put him in compared to people like brad pitt who i weirdly Mm -hmm. also didn't have in i don't know why i see this being just like a tech player but that's probably wrong. It's fine. <laughs> well, Chazelle movies also, at least two of his three, have gotten acting nominations. So I didn't put any in, but I think it could definitely happen. I know there was some controversy when this movie broke about headlines saying, oh, Babylon with Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. But like the actual lead, Diego, was not mentioned. So I'm curious about what the story is and his capacity in the film. And I would really love to see him, because he's an unknown, show up in the Oscar conversation. I agree. And we have to talk about Austin Butler quickly. Um, I don't have him in, but he is playing a famous musician in a biopic. So we have to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. And he also has the Presley family behind him raving about this performance. He insists on doing the Elvis voice still. Oh boy. Um, just like watch any GQ, Vanity Fair, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, interview with him. It is full boy who is not from Anaheim. He is trying to sound like Elvis. So if he keeps that up, it could maybe work for him. Is this like a Gaga method acting campaign strategy? I think that he will love award season close to as much as Lady Gaga, but I think her earnestness will always prevail. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> she does really quickly. Did you see that she wants to host the Oscars? No. They need to lock that in right now. They need to make <laughs> that happen because she actually loves movies. You know she would honor the show. <laughs> oh, she'd be a riot too. I know yeah. she'd do some quirky things. Exactly. Ugh. Do you have anyone else from this category that you're curious about or maybe hope to see? 
get in? I mentioned Timothy Chalamet earlier, obviously. More to your point about how this movie will be received. And then Colin Firth from Empire of Light. For that one, it's just like, where is he? Because we don't know enough about that movie, I feel like, of like where to put him. Right, but Sam Mendes, Sam Mendes, mm-hmm. you know, throw it in there because it's likely. Yeah. It's sort of like we're in 2019 all over again. Like we have Song King Ho, Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, Adam Driver, <laughs> <laughs> Sam Mendes. Yeah. Like all of these names that were around in that season are coming back up again. He's coming back and he's trying. He won a Tony last night. And um, and Jennifer Hudson became an e-gotter. She did. <laughs> she did not need that second Oscar for respect. She didn't. She already had the Oscar. She just needed the Tony. Back to Empire Light for a second. It is about a love story in an old cinema on the coast of England in the 80s. That also reads like Oscar bait to me. And kind of sounds like something I will really like. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see. This will come up again. So let's Mm -hmm. move on to Actress. My five predictions here are Ana de Armas for Blonde. Olivia Coleman, like I just said, for Empire of Light showing up. Viola Davis for The Woman King, Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Kate Blanchett for Tar. We're three for five again. I don't have Ana de Armas and I don't have Michelle Yeoh. I have Regina King for Shirley and Margot Robbie for Babylon. Both close for me too. So yeah, we're very aligned. I don't know. I think... Margot Robbie for Babylon. People are very ready to crown her with a Best Actress win. I personally am not ready to do that. I don't find her, though, as like exciting as other people do, I guess. And I think you should have to wait a little bit longer before you get your Oscar in some, in some cases. But I think with Babylon, she supposedly has like a very Oscar-friendly, over-the-top role from what I've heard, so I can definitely see her being the one to get in. And we did see Emma Stone win for a Chazelle movie. We saw J.K. Simmons win for a Chazelle movie, so Mm -hmm. maybe that could happen here. She also was just in a lot of movies, so that could always work to her advantage. And then with Regina King, previous winner in a biopic, and I'm sure she will deliver, which is why I put her in here. Yeah, I'm excited for her performance. Margot Robbie also showing up for Bombshell was like just a shock for me. So the Academy loves her. I want to hear about Ana de Armas in Blonde. Do you have any Blonde here? I'm surprised you didn't have her. No, I took it out just because I know last year I did. I had, when we thought this was Mm -hmm. coming out last year, I had Ana in and I had Julianne Nicholson in supporting coming off of Mayor of Easttown. But I just feel like this movie might be too polarizing to just sort of grimy for the academy this director has talked about how he wants it wanted this nc-17 cut he wanted it to be just super explicit and over the top and that can work in your favor sometimes but i just feel like the academy would want a more toned down version of this story we did see nominations for my week with marilyn which i found that movie to be incredibly dull I don't know how blonde will compare to that. I'm assuming it will be very different. But yeah, I took them out. I feel like it's going to be too polarizing for the Academy's taste. But I said the same thing about Spencer and Kristen Stewart made it in. 
she could be that newcomer actress nominee. Even though Michelle Yeoh would also be that, I think that a Marilyn Monroe performance, I had seen the NC-17 rating, but didn't really know much about that. The way that the director has talked about her performance as like completely transformative and other people Mm -hmm. raving about it too, that kind of got some bells ringing for me. So that's why I have her in. She could be one that completely drops out of the conversation too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, we don't know. Who is your most likely? So honestly, I was pretty torn here because I think that I feel good about a lot of these, which is a bad sign. (laughs) That's real. Like Olivia (laughs) Coleman in a Sam Mendes movie, like that feels like that's going to happen. Again, like everyone talking about Margot Robbie, Viola Davis, like I can absolutely see her getting in and I really think she will. And I'm sort of surprised that more people don't have her in. Like that feels like a pretty safe pick for me. Um, Just the stills from the movie alone. Like it's Viola really going for it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But right now I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say Kate Blanchett for Tar. Todd Field, this big hiatus. Little children. Yeah, little children. But he gets actresses nominated. Sissy Spacek for In the Bedroom. Marissa Tomei for In the Bedroom. Kate Winslet for Little Children. I think Kate Blanchett's going to get in for Tar. Playing this German conductor who's the first like female conductor in a German orchestra. That just, it sounds weird. It sounds strange. And I'm sure it will be because it's Todd Field. But she gets awards attention. So I feel like, she, I feel like she'll get in. And it feels like one of those that's like too weird for the Globes. Maybe too weird for SAG, but not too weird for Ampus. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just talked about Kate's nomination for Little Children and how weird of a movie that was. That still happened. She's one of mine that I think is most likely too. but I'm going to go with Viola Davis for The Woman King. Even just the still of her that has been mm-hmm. floating around everywhere, screaming Oscar potential for me. And as a winner, someone who is very revered in the industry she's a genius i'm gonna go with her yeah i think that's smart i think she also doesn't have a best actress win her win for fences is in supporting and i think that one we have only ever had one black woman win best actress Halle berry and that was so many years ago at this point for monsters ball and it's time for another black woman to win this award and I think Viola Davis is totally possible here. She also does press. She does campaign. The best actors on actors all week is Viola Davis with Samuel L. Jackson. So I just like, hmm. I, I just, I don't know. I think I'm with you. Like I can, I can feel it too. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll switch to her. Yeah. I mean, both of them. Like, I just feel like both of those are good bets. Some other ones we kind of already mentioned Carrie Mulligan and she said depending on her category placement I would love for her to win in lead Um, and then also Emma Stone for Poor Things again I love some like quirky Lanthimos and Mm -hmm. Stone collabs and she's been nominated three times she won once so I think seeing Emma Stone here would not be surprising with Lanthimos it's just like how weird will it be because if it's way too weird like they won't go for the actors but you never know i mean they do like emma stone 
My other person that I was considering, Naomi Aki, for I Want to Dance with Somebody. Again, another music biopic. She's playing Whitney Houston. I know it's maybe not wise to base how I feel about a movie's potential on the poster, but based on that, I don't see it going places. That was literally the one thing. I was like, oh, I haven't seen anything about this. And I saw the poster and I say, oh, I don't know about this. From the writer of Bohemian Rhapsody. That's a knock in my book. (laughs) But I love Whitney and I love her music. So Mm -hmm. seeing this happen, seeing Naomi transform into her would be really exciting. Yeah. I'm also just curious about Jessica Chastain for The Good Nurse. This is another Netflix movie. It's written by Christy Wilson Cairns, who was the woman who was on the screenwriting team for 1917. This stars Jessica Chastain and Eddie Redmayne. Again, a Netflix movie. Hmm. She's coming fresh off of her win. So you could maybe see a back-to-back nomination situation here. Kind of a spookier role for her, too. Okay, so moving on to Best Director. My predicted nominees are Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, Damien Chazelle for Babylon, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Alejandro Iñárritu for Bardo, and Sarah Polly for Women Talking. And those are my five as well. Wow. Something's wrong here. (laughs) (laughs) It was just easy to go with the big four, Scorsese, Chazelle, Spielberg, and Yari 2. All been nominated, and they've all won. That's insane. That is, there is something wrong there. We need to go to our eligible list really fast. (laughs) (laughs) And with Sarah Polly, we've kind of talked about this movie a little bit so far. The cast is just insane. But with her, she would be a newcomer. She kind of has an interesting career. Right on IMDb, her actress credits come first. And I was like, Dawn of the Dead? Splice? <laughs> what? What is this? John Adams? But <laughs> John she Adams. Di- <laughs> oh my god. But she directed Stories We Tell, this documentary from 2012 that I absolutely love. Highly mm-hmm. recommend if you're interested in documentaries at all like if you loved three identical strangers absolutely watch stories we tell the way she directed that and there's a huge flip in the movie and like i said with this cast i could really see her showing up i agree with you i'm wondering too if we do get a sort of situation like we had last year with denny villeneuve sorry where like someone big (laughs) we're counting on all year just misses at the oscars I could see Maria Schrader also getting in just the way that you talked about her and Mm -hmm. directing. She said, you know, having international appeal, having broad industry support, working in TV as well and being honored there. I could definitely see that happening. And again, very timely subject matter. I think we also need to think about like some of the international directors we have in the mix. Park Chan-wook for Decision to Leave. Kareta for Broker, Ostland for Triangle of Sadness. I know the Triangle of Sadness is an English language film, um, but he does have broad international support being a Palme d'Or winner. So I would definitely consider any of those as well. Even in Yari 2, mm-hmm. he sadly in a way maybe considered that, but he has been there before. I guess when I think of international director, I think if somebody knew who hasn't been nominated before, even though that is in Yari 2. This movie is entirely filmed in Mexico, which he hasn't done since Amores Peros. So that 
in a way could put him in that slot, but I would love to see somebody else as well. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Oslin, Karita, Park Chan-wook would love. I do think we need to think about James Cameron for Avatar The Way of Water. Previous winner. That sequel so highly anticipated that I can definitely see that happening. But also a sequel, which kind of scares me. And that's why I didn't mm-hmm. put him in. Same here. But who out of your group are you most confident about getting a nomination? This is hard because, again, the top four previous winners, I feel like could all show up. God, if I have to pick one, I'm going to pick the wrong one, aren't I? <laughs> just roll the dice. <laughs> I'm just going to have to say Scorsese. This movie has been so anticipated. And of all the people, I always trust his work. So I'm going to go with him. Are you also picking him? Yeah, and that makes me nervous. We can't both make the same one. But yeah, I mean, everything that you said, I just feel like that Spielberg is very hit or miss with the Academy. We saw how they treated West Side Story last year. Like, yes, he got a director nomination, but that movie was great. And it just was treated terribly in multiple categories where it deserved nominations. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I guess that a personal story is better for the academy than a remake of a best picture win which is how they saw west side story but yeah i'm going with scorsese i think of the group of previous winners besides spielberg i think he's the most respected he's also sort of the elder statesman of that group and Mm -hmm. i think when you have someone like that there's a sense of how many more movies do they have left right like he hasn't said he's retiring or anything but there could be that sense with voters if they really like this movie, that they want to give him another Best Director Oscar. But, I mean, Chazelle is also making, like, a Hollywood technical movie. So. Again, yeah, which they love. Yeah. Ugh. And I almost wanted to say Inyari, too. So. Same. (laughs) Okay, we're moving on. Yes, (laughs) This could go on (laughs) for the next 270 days. Oh, God. Um, Okay, so Best Picture. My 10 predicted nominees here are... Killers of the Flower Moon, Babylon, Amsterdam, Avatar 2, The Fablemans, Bardo, or False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, She Said, Women Talking, The Sun, and Empire of Light. Okay, so we have one difference, which is a big problem, again. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is just how this happens, I feel like, at this stage, when you haven't seen anything, you just kind of go with old favorites and feelings. I don't have Amsterdam. Like you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, (laughs) instead of Amsterdam, I have Cha-Cha Real Smooth, which Mm. I don't have in any of my acting categories or anything yet, but I think it being the Sundance favorite, I'm going to pay attention to it. And I feel like if the Academy does want something light, I mean, if we're looking at these, this list again, we have some depressing stuff happening here. Like Killers of the Flower Moon is about murder. She said... Is about what, like Harvey Weinstein. Women talking is all about men sexually assaulting women throughout the night. That's heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. And they like heavy stuff, but they also like really light fare. And we don't know what kind of year is ahead. And I think of all the films that we're thinking of, like Cha Cha Real Smooth can be that movie. I know a lot of people think Everything Everywhere All at Once could also be that movie. And that can absolutely be true. Again, I just need to see more support and I need to see success from A24. 
and what they're going to do with that movie and if they pick the right movie going into award season. That's fair. And I did look at Sundance because the past two years we've had films show up. We had Minari and then we had Coda. But since Cha-Cha Real Smooth didn't win their big dramatic award, it was Nanny, which is a Bloomhouse horror film. How did I miss that? (laughs) And I'm like, well, that's not showing up at the Oscars for sure. Even though I said that also after I saw Coda. I was like, so now I'm like, oh, but... I would like that. I liked Cooper Race's screenplay from Shithouse a few years ago. So I'm hopeful I'm actually seeing this tomorrow. Oh, wait. Have you not seen it yet? Mm-mm. Okay. So we'll see about that. The others, I would say at least four of them are like some of the biggest movies of the year. So at least for now, that's what I'm going with. So we have some of the big five here. We have Apple. We have Netflix. I think there's a good mix, at least in that way. Oh my god. For production the way companies. that you just said Apple and Netflix are in the big five like sent shivers <laughs> down my old Hollywood spine. <laughs> no, there were commas in between those. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, all right. I mean, if Killers of the Flower Moon wins, then I think Apple becomes the bigger awards player, at least in terms of the Oscars, than Netflix is. Oh yeah, I mean, Apple has Netflix's elusive Best Picture win. Mm-hmm. What is the one that you're most confident about? Like thinking of studios, thinking of directors, everything that we've talked about. If you had to like pick a picture nominee today, what are you putting your money on? Not to win, just to be in. It's still Colors of the Flower Moon. This is all we've talked about today. Mm-hmm. I think that and Babylon, again, my top four directors, because <laughs> that's where that parallel is going to be. Mm-hmm. The Fablemans and Bardo. Those are my yeah. top four. I think that are almost locks. That's oh, horrible to say. Word. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> I hate myself for that. <laughs> you should. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have this, I'm going to say the same thing. Like, we've talked about Killers of the Flower Moon all day. Um, Babylon, I feel like, is pretty secure. I think Paramount is also having a great year coming off of Top Gun Maverick. So we'll see what they do with that. Bardo. For everyone discounting this movie, again, like, I just feel like it's going to be, if Netflix gets 12 nominations again for a movie, it's going to be this one. But if I had to pick, like, one one, it's Killers of the Flower Moon. It's all she wrote. (laughs) Some other movies that could show up, we talked about 3,000 Years of Longing a few Mm. weeks ago. That's already, Mm. like, off the books. (laughs) Sadly, but I am still excited to see this. I think it's coming out in August or September. And then another one I really wanted to put in is Nope from Jordan Peele. I am so excited for this movie. He's one of those directors of mine that anything he puts out, I will be buying my tickets when they're on sale, like immediately. My worry here is that Us wasn't nominated, but Get Out was. So I wonder... With the mystery, if it's almost too horror for the Academy or how it's going to play. I just don't Mm -hmm. know enough. But that's kind of what I want going into this movie. Yeah. I haven't watched the trailer or anything yet. I want to go in as blind as possible. So I'm very, very excited for this. Top Gun Maverick is having like a huge surge in just like the box office and things. But I just don't see that as Oscar. I'm also curious, we haven't talked about this, but Next Goal Wins is supposedly coming out this year. That Searchlight movie that has been possibly coming for the past like three years. 
with Michael Fassbender, the Taika Waititi movie. Yeah, the one where they now have apparently cut all of Army Hammer out of. Yes, that. <laughs> he is gone, <laughs> He's gone from the billing, <laughs> which is shocking. And I don't know. I don't know if that much manipulation could help it to get in. Yeah. The story, maybe. like I understand, in Waika, yes, like maybe in screenplay. But definitely with everything everywhere all at once, now that it's A24's highest grossing film, more than Hereditary, more than Moonlight, more than Lady Bird, some of those that are up there have been, which does help its potential. And maybe they'll look back and say, oh, wow, this movie did really good. Maybe we should push it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see. I think if they do, I mean, it does have the sort of passion that could definitely get it in multiple categories it's just again like when a movie is not what the academy usually goes for that means i'm not going to put it in predictions until i like see more signs Mm -hmm. that it's headed that way right two others that i thought of that i don't think are very likely but could happen the black panther sequel wakanda forever the whole most popular oscar thing that happened that we've talked about (laughs) on the pod before Getting this a Best Picture nomination previously could help. And Chadwick Boseman, I'm not sure if he's in it, but I saw a still of him with other actors. So I don't know his capacity, but also like the love there, despite the Oscar situation that happened, could play well with Academy members. The other one I'll mention too, since you had Coleman Domingo out front, for Rustin like Rustin could get in like if he does of course like become the leader for best actor that's 100% possible that Mm. and probably likely that that movie will get in for best picture and my last one I don't think this has any potential and watch it come back and show up but this is 13 lives this is the narrative version of the rescue documentary from last year that didn't show up that was the big crowd pleaser that didn't show and the name behind it we have ron howard again i think it's dead in the water (laughs) it's it's so bad do you remember what you told me on our hillbilly elegy episode when i asked you what this meant for ron howard do you remember what you said to me (laughs) you said i think his career is over Well, I'm glad I'm sticking to my guns because I don't think this has any chance in Helen happening. Well, I have to agree with you. And I do say that also because the release date got moved. It got that moved is why. to summer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which tells me the studio bad. has no confidence in There's it. Bad. Yeah. Uh, I just see this playing like too cheesy. You know the story behind it. And I think it could be like very moving as well. But I don't know. Yeah, the release date is what just made me say Mm -hmm. it's not happening. That's my professional answer that didn't come out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we did it. Our first Oscar predictions episode for the upcoming season. I think most importantly, again, like we're not taking these too seriously. I think what this all says for me is just I'm really excited about the movies coming. Like having seen none of these practically is thrilling we have so many great movies ahead i know we always get to the end of award season or the end of the movie year and we're like all right i just have these two left and that's it but now i mean we have everything which is really cool and some from directors who i really love and 
others from directors I don't know that much about, or I've only seen a few of their films, so I'm excited to see what's ahead. Yeah, a whole new season with some movies that we've been talking about already for so long. Like from the first press releases for Killers of the Flower Moon of like Scorsese getting the rights to now to getting stills for some of these movies. It's yeah, it's that fun time where I just want everything Mm -hmm. and I look forward to the next few months. We'll get a few of these, but a lot of these are coming later in the year. So I'm going to enjoy summer while I can see some (laughs) bad movies and then finish the year off right. Well said. That is exactly how I'm going to (laughs) approach the rest of my year. (laughs) And next time on Oscar Wilde, we have a much anticipated episode. One that I'm very excited for. We've talked about doing this for a very, very long time. We will be talking about Joe Mankiewicz's two Best Director wins. We will be talking, of course, about All About Eve, which is one of my favorite Best Picture winners of all time. I absolutely love this movie and can't wait to talk about it with you. And A Letter to Three Wives, which is his other winning film, which I think is lesser known, but um, still definitely a fun ride. So, yeah, I'm very excited to go back in time a little bit for next week's episode. Yeah, the fact that he won screenplay and director for both of these movies in back-to-back years, I think that's a pretty rare case. So I'm excited to revisit All About Eve. I've never seen a letter, so I am excited. Linda Darnell is very underrated. And when you watch the movie, I think you'll understand why I love her right away. (laughs) And, of course, we'll talk about the iconic best actress year a little bit for 1950 since none of our all about eve ladies won an acting oscar yeah shocking and if you like our pod feel free to rate review and subscribe you can find us on instagram and twitter at oscar wilde pod thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you next week thanks everyone let us know how wrong we are on these predictions and we will see you next time (laughs) 